Thank you for joining us for Sound Reasoning with Christian apologist and minister Perseus Poku of Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's program will educate, train, and empower you to defend your Christian faith with confidence. Perseus has his bachelor's in history and a master's degree in apologetics. We hope you enjoy this time of equipping so that you can answer questions to defend your Christian faith effectively. Now here's Perseus Poku on Sound Reasoning. Welcome to Sound Reasoning. I'm your host, Perseus Poku. On our topic for today, uh, we wanted to take a look at the topic, Know What You Believe. Know What You Believe. As believers, it's essentially important that we know what we believe. Um, We believe in God. Uh, We believe in Jesus. We believe in the scriptures. We believe in the criteria for salvation. We believe in the metaphysical, meaning those things that are beyond the physical realm, such as uh, angels, uh, prayer, God, who himself uh, said in the scriptures that we must worship him in spirit and in truth. So those things that are beyond the physical, we know as believers through faith that those things exist. So when we talk about the issue of know what you believe, it infers that some who claim to be Christian, some uh, believers are not certain of why they believe what they believe. And some through faith um, believe in the essentials of the faith, but they don't know how to articulate what they believe, and they certainly don't know how to defend what they believe. So uh, today we want to try to help um, others to see what the Bible says about the doctrines that so many of us have adopted. And as a precursor, um, just wanted to invite those that are listening. If you have um, a grandchild, if you have a child, if you have a Christian student, Uh, that you're connected to, sixth grade through college, we invite them to attend the 2022 Christian Apologetics Conference, and you can register on www.abcsac.org, A-B-C-S-A-C.org. And this is our annual boot camp for Christian students. Um, Each grade level will have its own breakout session, and we will be dealing with uh, topics such as evidence for God through cosmology, uh, evidence for God through astrology, evidence for God through biblical archaeology, as well as many other topics. And the reason why we have the boot camp is to raise up our Christian students in a way uh, whereas they'll be able to stand up for their Christian faith while on campus and certainly in the classrooms. I can't tell you how many times I've had parents come up to me and tell me how certain teachers are trying to indoctrinate their Christian students by telling them uh, that as Christians, all we have is faith and we have no evidence to support our faith, which is totally not true. The issue is you have some educators who believe that faith and science are incompatible. In their worldview, uh, they believe that if you are a Christian, you're dealing with the abstract, and there's no tangible proof 
to argue our position. And that's not true. The truth is God created science and there is no conflict between believing in God and being a scientist or practicing science or believing in science. The truth is historically um, years, years, years ago, some of the best scientists were believers uh, such as Isaac Newton as as well as a host of other uh, scientists. So they didn't see a conflict with being a, a Christian and practicing science. It's just this new form of ideology that has evolved and these current uh, group of scientists, because they don't believe in God, now they argue the position that if you are a Christian, you can't believe in science, and if you are a scientist, you can't believe in God. And that's what a lot of these educators from the college level to the elementary level, that's what they believe. So as a result, when they find out that a child or a student is a Christian, and they are in their class, they do their best to try to subtly chip away at their faith. And if we don't equip our students to be able to give a rational defense of their faith, they will fall uh, susceptible to these tactics. This is why we have so many young adults who leave our churches and don't return. It's because as they were growing up, We did very little in Christian apologetics in preparing them for some of these arguments that the world is throwing at us. And we as believers have to be prepared to give a reasonable defense of our faith. This is why 1 Peter 3.15 is so important, that we must sanctify the Lord our God and be ready to give each man or woman an answer, a reason for the hope that lies within us, and to do it with gentleness as well as respect. So, Um, I'm hoping these episodes help us in being ready to share our faith and to defend our faith. But again, uh, the date is Saturday, April 30th, um, from 9 to 11. We're going to have the annual uh, Christian Apologetics Boot Camp for our Christian students. And we highly encourage all of you, I'm sure if you're listening to me, you know of a young person that's between sixth grade through college who could benefit. Um, I'm I'm imploring, and I I beseech you, I'm encouraging you to sign up your your child, to sign up your grandchildren, to sign up your great-grandchildren for the Apologetics Boot Camp on Saturday, April 30th. Um, If you want to register, again, go to www.com. uh, abcsac.org, 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 and you can register there. So let us dig into this topic of know what you believe. Number one, the world is now, not just recently, but they've always attacked this notion of God. Um, they argue some of them, that God does not exist, that we are being foolish as believers and God doesn't exist. Um, I've even heard um, the former governor, uh, Jesse the Body Ventura, uh, some number of years ago saying that those of us 
uh, who believe in God or those of us who are part of a religious institution, uh, we just use God as a, as, as a, as a crutch uh, because we don't have anything else to believe in. So he was basically uh, ridiculing those people of faith. But just because you don't believe in God doesn't mean that God doesn't exist. And just because, conversely, just because we are Christians and we, through faith, have uh, believed in all the things that we've been taught in Sunday school, through sermons, through Bible study, through workshops, through retreats, just because we've attended all those things doesn't mean that we have moved from belief to conviction. Now, remember, Scripture tells us that even the devil believes. The devil believes in God because the devil knows that God exists. So God has to be undeniable. And when I say that, uh, I'm saying that with qualification. I do realize that there are some people who have constructed arguments for why God doesn't exist. But I can tell you for certain that God do exist and God does exist. Number one, just through my personal testimony of how he has changed me. I can give you my personal testimony that is nobody else but Jesus who could have changed me and changed my ways and renewed and transformed my mind. So uh, experientially, I can give my argument that God exists. But outside of my subjective experience and testimony, what else do we have? I would argue that as Christians, we have objective arguments that are just as persuasive. So um, we must be ready to give our apologia as it relates to God's existence for those who sincerely have questions about God's existence. They are those that are not trying to be argumentative. They are those who are sincere in their inquisition about the reality of God. They are those who grew up in homes that didn't, didn't believe in God. Perhaps you meet someone that grew up in an atheist uh, household, someone that grew up in an agnostic household, who, who grew up with skepticism about God, and they're sincere. They may be a co-worker. Uh, they may be uh, a family member, but they're sincere in their ignorance about God. And if they come to us and ask us, to give reasons for why we believe what we believe, we can't just tell them, tell them you just got to have faith. Yes, faith is part of our walk. Faith is the engine that drives us into believing the things we know about God. But also, God has given us evidence. This is why 1 Peter 3.15 is so important. That's not the only apologetic uh, verse, but it's important that God has given us a mandate. He said, be ready to give each man or woman an answer, a reason for the hope that lies within you and do it with gentleness, meaning that you can't do like they did in the Crusades. Uh, you, you can't go and try to convert people with the sword. You can't go and try to force feed the gospel on people. Uh, we have to be sensitive. We, 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 we have to be caring. We have to be gentle. We, we, we have to deal with people right where they are, and we can't force anyone to, uh, to become a Christian. We present the gospel. We articulate the gospel. We uh, give them a window to see through. 
We, through apologetics, try to remove some of the stumbling blocks, but ultimately it's through that individual uh, who has to uh, will to allow God to become head of their life. So, again, the issue of God. The issue of God is always under attack. Uh, The world wants us to not believe in God because if he can get us to to, uh, not believe in God, then uh, he can cause harm to us. Then he can mislead us. Then he can have other people join him in his uh, fatalism. What am I saying? I'm saying take a look at the world. Those that reject Christian principles, those that are not Christians, just take a look around you. Take a look at the world. See See how the world is going. We can't get our arms around things like suicide. We can't get our arms around things like indiscretions and, and, and impropriety. We can't get our arms around it. We have more people with degrees than ever before, but less morality. Everywhere we look, from the White House to the outhouse, there is impropriety. Matter of fact, There is no such thing as impropriety if God wasn't in the picture. God is the one who determines what's right and wrong. He is the one that determines what's false and true. God is the one that serves as the transcendent mediator. God is the transcendent referee. So he's the one that put truth here. He's the one that put what's right here. And if we say, or if anybody say, well, that's not right, or that's wrong, then they're uh, implying that there is some things as objective truth. And if we are not matching up to it, if we're not living up to the standard, then they're insinuating, then that's wrong. But who put that here? Who said cheating on your spouse is wrong? God did. Who says murder is wrong? God did. Who says that we are obligated to take care of our children? God did. Who said that we should uh, practice forgiveness? God did. So all the things that the world subscribes to on a surface level that they deem to be moral or right, God is, all, God is the one that instituted those concepts and principles globally. When he created the, the earth, truth came with it. Man does not have the power to recreate the truth. We're trying, but we don't have that type of authority to recreate the truth because truth has always been here. When you take a look at science, no scientist can ever claim that they created any laws. They discovered the laws. Einstein could never ever say, which he didn't, that he created the, sec, uh, the law of relativity. No, he discovered the law of relativity. Man does not create the laws. The laws was already put here. We only discover them. I hope that makes sense. So again, we're arguing for the existence of God because so many of our youth and even some adults uh, are being misled into thinking that God does not exist. And so argument number one from the Bible We know that God exists because he's given us his word. We call that the Bible. And the coming of Jesus was a sign to people that God existed. And Jesus often quoted from the Bible. When Satan tempted him, according to scripture, he 
His constant refrain was, it is written. He showed the devil and all believers that everything we must do is, uh, uh, that we must do is rooted in the scriptures. So the Bible is evidence that God exists. The Bible is God's message to human, to humanity. If it wasn't, if we didn't have the Bible, we wouldn't know the ways of God. We have the Bible because God, the author, placed it here. One of my favorite passages that prove God is real can be found in Romans 120. And this verse is mighty. The Apostle Paul tells us that we should already know about God's existence because of creation. So essentially, what the Apostle Paul is saying is even if you're not a Christian, we should know that God exists or that the, 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 the notion or the reality or the concept of a transcendent being uh, should tug at your heart just through nature. Just look around you and look at the complexity of nature. Look at the uh, specificity of nature. Just look at the fine-tuning of nature. And if you just look at nature and you look at it objectively, that's God's invitation to humanity to say there's something greater than what your eyes can see. Who created the mountains? Who, who separated the, 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 uh, the beaches from the ocean? Who, 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 who created the chasms uh, in, in the rivers? Who, who created the forestry? Who, who dangles the sun up in the air and it doesn't, fall, uh, it, it doesn't collide with anything else? God. That's the first step is we realize that God has extended an invitation through nature. And that's what Paul is trying to convey to the Romans uh, that look at nature, uh, that there is um, an uncaused causer who created everything. So nature and humanity are the effects. What is the cause? The cause is God. And that's what Paul is arguing, that just looking at nature to compel you to ask the question, who created all of this? God. So when we talk about how do we prove that God exists, we look at internally what the scripture says, that nature should compel us, should motivate us to ask the question, who is this person that created everything and how can we get to know him? He, Paul reports that some people don't believe in God because they purpose, uh, purposefully push down the truth. Uh, and that's in Romans 1 and 18, that they suppress the truth. And really, that, that, that's awesome because uh, uh, the truth is a lot of people apprehend the truth. They just suppress the truth. They don't want to believe it. They don't want to believe it. They're stiff-necked. They don't want to uh, let go of their... Uh, independence. They don't want to trust in God. They want to keep doing what they're doing. Uh, they, they, they hear what we, we we're saying as Christians, that God sent Jesus Christ, and, and they're not ready to receive that, so they come up with excuses. You know, they, they attack God. They attack the Bible. They attack miracles. They say miracles don't exist. Um, 
um, oh, how come we don't see miracles every day and, and, and all this other stuff. But the reality is, and this is how foolish it is, if something happens every day, then it lo- no longer qualifies as a miracle because a miracle is rare. Miracles are rare. That's why we call them miracles. If miracles happened every day, then it wouldn't be miracles anymore. It'd just be a natural event. So argument number two from science. When we look at even the plants uh, where the sun hits the, the tree or the plant and it creates a chemical reaction that leads to oxygen. And scientists report that even one big tree can supply enough oxygen for four people. God put all of, all, all, all of that law in effect. God created plants to be able to give off oxygen by it receiving sunlight. And then even the plants take in carbon dioxide and, and, and through the sunlight hitting the leaves and the water uh, uh, coming up from the ground uh, and, and the plant giving off oxygen and, carbon, and taking in carbon dioxide. Look at God. God placed all of these factors in for that plant to survive. And not only that, we also are beneficiaries of the oxygen that the plant produces. No one but God. And this is specific. So when we talk about uh, does God exist? Yes, God exists. And he's showing us that he exists because of all of this complexities in nature. And it is not by what the world is arguing for those that believe in uh, Darwin theology uh, uh, and Darwin philosophy. What um, many evolutionists would argue is that we all came from a primordial soup, and that primordial soup is basically another name for the ocean. And something happened in the ocean that that, that caused uh, uh, humanity to uh, come from chaos to organization, which is totally foolish. When did you ever get organization or functionality out of chaos? A long time ago, I read this book, and uh, the author was arguing that believing in such uh, an illogical uh, statement is almost like someone saying you throw a grenade into uh, a junkyard or or, or a car lot, uh, um, the junk cars, and out of that grenade uh, uh, produces a Mercedes, a brand new Mercedes. it's, it's, It's illogical that you would think that you can get um, uh, all of this complexity of life just by chance and through uh, something happening in the ocean. And they never tell us what that something is, even if we follow their model. So we pray that today's episode has been edifying. We pray that you got something out of it. We will continue uh, know what you believe part two next on our next episode so please tune in and as always um, we appreciate your prayers we appreciate those uh, who have given um, if you'd like to give please go to our website srministries.org you can give there or you can send your donations to p.o box 582-306 El Grove California 95758 and by the way uh the uh, code word or the word for the week is ontology, O-N-T-O-L-O-G-Y, ontology. And that just means beingness or nature. And if you send that in to us, uh, info at srministries.org, 
uh, you can qualify uh, to possibly win our free gift, and we will make sure that you get it. We pray that you've been edified, and may the Lord continue to bless you. Please continue to do for the truth what so many people do for a lie. God bless. Thanks for listening to Sound Reasoning with apologist and minister Perseus Poku from Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's lesson has equipped you to share and defend your Christian faith with boldness. Sound Reasoning Ministries offers training in apologetics, biblical studies, and systematic theology. Join in on discussions on Facebook at Sound Reasoning Ministries. For more information about the ministry, to send an email, ask a question, or support the ministry, visit online at srministries.org. That's srministries.org. Listen again next week at this same time. And remember, Titus 1.9 says, Hold firm to the trustworthy message as has been taught so that you can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Sound Reasoning Ministries, srministries.org. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. God looks at your heart, not your gene size. Do you know the verses yet still stress over your body? Oh, I get it. I was raised in church, but I struggled with food, eating disorders, and my body for decades. I'm Heather Creekmore, host of the Compared To podcast, where we talk about all things body image and comparison from a biblical perspective. We get real about the pressure to focus on appearance in a culture where looks seem to matter most. Whether you're wrestling wrinkles or battling the scale, Compared To Who is the show for you. You'll laugh a little and be encouraged a lot. If you're ready to stop comparing and start living, visit lifeaudio.com to listen and subscribe.